What is up, team? Welcome back to the Red Storm Rap Reaction Podcast. I'm Pat Kane, and it is the day after. Still within 24 hours of our last game, I'm promising you. I'm going to get him in with the last 24 hours. Cut me a break. Game in around midnight. Um, Johnny's take care of business against our hated old Big East foe, the Syracuse Orange. 76 to 69, an overtime thriller, an ugly game at times, an exciting game throughout. But again, St. John's finds a way to make winning plays down the stretch and come out victorious. They're now 6-0 on the season. They beat Syracuse four straight times. And I would love to continue playing them year after year because their program is going down the gutter, the shitter. It is it's it's lovely to watch, but it's 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 almost sad to say these big East programs choose money over basketball success, choose football over basketball success. But more opportunity for our beloved Johnnies to uh, ascend through the college basketball ranks. Fingers crossed. Uh, let's talk about the game. Uh, slow start again. Pretty much exactly what we've seen up to date. Similar to Temple, similar to Nebraska. We were down early. Slow start. Did not shoot the ball well. Kind of lethargic. Um, we were down as many as 11 points in the first half. We ended up going into the half down six after a, you know, just a whirlwind of the last 30 seconds. Typical to a St. John's end of a half. Uh, Corbello hits a deep three with about eight seconds left. Instead of sprinting back, Corbello's back. But instead of the rest of the team sprinting back, we allow for an outlet pass to get all the way up to half court. Judah Mintz makes one, two dribbles from half court, finishes an A and one basket, and erases that three-point shot by Corbello. Just a mental mistake by four of our guys not getting back on defense. Uh, could Corbello have taken a couple more seconds off the clock? Sure. You know, he released it with about 10 seconds left. You give yourself a chance for an offensive rebound. Uh, my thought would be, yeah, wait till about six seconds left, five seconds, six seconds left. Uh, ensure that it's your team getting the last second shot. Maybe you give yourself two or three seconds for an offensive tip, but you gave Syracuse eight seconds to go full length of the court and your teammates uh, didn't have your back. So a little snap through there at the end of the half, but we made our way back into the game and it was a, you know, not Syracuse had a little bit of an edge and they had a momentum going into the half, but we still were right there. We were pretty happy to see with how poorly we might have played to only be down six points. Could have been much worse. Um, and then in the, again in the first uh, start of the second half, we started slowly again. Syracuse built their lead back up to 10 points, 50 to 40, with about 15 minutes left. And from that point on, St. John's played more so of their game, made it their game, really mucked it up uh, on defensive end, but also was much more selective on the offensive end, passing the ball around the perimeter, uh, sending guys through the lane, finding the guy at the top of the key or at the free throw line and making plays inside the zone. And we were able to consistently score baskets. Uh, we ended up building up to, a, I believe, a seven-point lead at one point. I know we had a seven-point lead in overtime. I think maybe maybe it was only six-point lead was our biggest lead in regulation. But we did take a six-point lead. We had a four-point lead with under two minutes left, and uh, we let that falter. I thought there were some questionable um, whistles or non-whistles in that last two-minute stretch. But for the most part, you know, not too many complaints from the referees. Um, of course, there's always going to be a few both ways. But let's talk about the final possession. Um, we were tied 65-65. We had the ball 40 seconds left. We um, end up with a drive from Jones from the, the right wing going towards the middle of the paint. Not a bad look. Uh, not a bad shot attempt. You'd think Jones would be high on the list of players. He went with the ball in his hands. He's able to get in the paint. Get a shot at the rim. Not the best look. It was well contested. Soriano got a rebound. I thought he got hacked. No whistle. Um, then another 
uh, loose ball from that. No foul call. Jones gets it. Top of the key with three seconds. Seth, he's forced to put up a 35-footer as the shot clock expires. I thought we had a chance to call a timeout either with, with three seconds left in the shot clock when we originally got that offensive scramble rebound or prior to that possession. Um, you know, Coach Anderson is very selective with his timeouts. We've talked about it in the past. I don't really always agree with it. I think it's it's hard to say from our vantage point what's, uh, you know, his, his method there. The first half, I will say there's zero excuse going into that first half, end of the first half with a timeout in your pocket. You have a user to lose a timeout. There's 1.8 seconds left after Syracuse made that in one basket to finish the half. That's a great opportunity to practice an end-of-the-game situation. I mean, it, this happened last year in a game, and then in that same game, he didn't use his user to lose a timeout. We had one in point whatever seconds left that we didn't draw up anything to get a, a shot attempt up at the end of the first half. And then later in that same game, we needed to get a shot up with two seconds left going to full court. It's a great opportunity. What do you got to lose? The timeout? It's user to lose it. All right, what are you going to do? Miss a shot? Ruin our, ruin our uh, three-point percentage? It's not too great to begin with. So I, I don't understand the reasoning there. That's something that's got to be explained to me. Um, but in the second half, our defense really, really stood out. Our guards especially did a hell of a job both games this tournament. Um, really impressive what Curbelo, Posh, Mathis, Wasu were able to do defensively, not only causing turnovers, but forcing tough shots, forcing difficult shots. Um, I had the stat for this this tournament alone. Um, these two games against Temple and Syracuse, we saw four guards who could really score the basketball. Temple had Khalif Battle and Damian Dunn. Syracuse had Joe Girard and Judah Mintz. Combined in two games against St. John's, they shot 18 for 55 from the field. That's 33%. And four for 22 from three. That's 18%. Dunn was shooting close to 50% from three on the season. Same with Girard. All four of them were shooting over 40% from the field. So just an outstanding job. He took away, um, you know, the engine of these two teams, their ability to score the ball from the perimeter using their, their guards. And we... We took that away. Uh, they Sure, there was a couple uh, looks that might have been too clean. Maybe we got lucky on a few of those, but the cumulative effect of our defensive pressure wearing teams out has really uh, made a, an impression so far in the season, and I think our team enjoys that. I think Curbelo and Posh, especially Mathis, enjoy that defensive intensity, getting up in opposing shorts and, and really causing havoc and uh, making an impact on that side of the ball. But defense wasn't all that Curbelo did tonight. He had an outstanding offensive game. Uh, he had 23 points. He was 3 for 3 from 3, 9 for 13 overall. He had 6 assists, 4 steals, a pest on that side. Again, Pasha Curbelo, the menace and the maestro, uh, combined for some good plays. Posh, not so much active uh, scoring the ball, but made a couple really good passes and a really good plays as a decoy in that zone in the second half. He finished with seven points, five assists, four rebounds, and another great defensive performance. Uh, he was de denying uh, the, the ball that last few possessions in overtime regulation, keeping it out of Mintz's hands, just doing everything he could to, to get a win. And that's all that he cares about is getting wins. Um... Soriano, another monster game. I mean, this guy is a double-double machine early on, and he is comfortable around the rim, and our team's looking for him, and he just looks like a monster. He, he looks the part. He's playing the part. He's having fun. Uh, 19 points, 14 rebounds, 6 for 11 from the field, 7 for 9 from the free throw line, 2 blocks, and just, you know, everything we do this year will we'll come with the caveat of if we want to reach our ceiling, Soriano has to be playing well. 
All right, that gives us an added edge and a, a, a way to match up with the best programs in the country. You look around at the top 25 this year, it's littered with big men. All right, usually it's a guards game, and I'm sure, we'll, I'm sure in come tournament time we'll see guards making huge plays, but the, the best teams this year seem to have bigs. There's a lot of bigs in the, in the NCAA this year making noise um, and staying a long time in college. Hopefully, you know, we won't look too far ahead, but hopefully uh, we're not done with Sorian after this year. It's a lot to ask, but, you know, fingers crossed. Jones, 18 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists. If you just look at those three numbers, he had a hell of a game. You know, cumulative stats are awesome. He's a super talented passer when he's focused and he's under control. He had a couple of great passes in the first half. Um, then he had three turnovers. He was 7 of 25 from the field and 3 for 15 from 3. Obviously not good shooting percentages. Obviously we ask a lot of him offensively, so I don't expect him to be, uh, you know, always have the best looks. There will be some off night shooting, but seven for twenty five is ugly, and that's a lot of shots, you know. And at the very least, it should have been seven for twenty four. That three point shot he took in overtime, with thirty seconds left, and we have the ball on a fresh shot clock up seven, was one of the most uh, mind numbing, uh, dumb shots you can take in a basketball game. And I say that you know, knowing how much I like Jones as a basketball player and he'll be able to learn in a winning situation that there's no need to take that shot. The smart play, the only play there is to pull it out, get fouled, run some clock, hit your free throws. If it's a wide open layup or a dunk, you take the two points. But that wasn't even that great of a look. I mean, he's had worse looks, but that was just unbelievable. And it... it, it was very surprising to me. I got to mention again, Montez with his feet set math. It's not his best game tonight. Um, few turnovers, didn't get going offensively. He was only one for five from the field, one for two from three. That one three hit was huge. Late in the second half, gave us a five-point lead. Uh, Posh cut to the free throw line, drew attention. Cabello passed it to Mathis, took a solid second, get his feet set. Nice pure three from the top of the key. Gave us a five-point lead. Huge shot. He did gamble on the next possession defensively. Might have cost us for a three in the corner. But defense is not usually what we have to worry about the masses, with Mathis. That one for five, yeah, it's his worst shooting night of the year. But I think last year that might have been one for eight, two for ten. You know, he would have kept shooting, kept forcing it. So it, that's growth right there. And, uh, you know, good to see. Usu was the only bench player that got significant minutes. Uh Oh, we'll get to the other bench players in a second. He was plus 18 in his 19 minutes with five rebounds. Nothing he did offensively stood out as good. He did have a bad turnover. He did airball a shot. He did miss again at the rim. I thought he got fouled. Um, he is struggling mentally around the rim. It's obvious. He's stressing. He's pressing. Okay, as a freshman, he shot over 50% at the rim. So I think there's some you know, capable skills there. I think defensive kind of figured him out. They're forcing him to be a passer there. I'm sorry, they're forcing him to be a finisher on his drives where he wants to be a passer. He gets in there and they're still able to contest him. And he's not, you know, he's not able to finish right now. And it is ugly and I feel for him. Um, and I think that's affecting the rest of his offensive game. Because, you know, they're human out there. They hear these things. They see the tweets. They see the talk about how he's struggling on the rim and how, like, what's coach doing with, with Usu. Well, I'll tell you why he's getting the minutes over Store. And I, and I want Store to get minutes too. I don't think it's got to be a this or that type situation. But last night, Wusu, the plus or minus, stands out. Five rebounds in, in 18 minutes. That's three more than uh, Storr's got on the season. He's got 26 rebounds on the season to Storr's two. 
He doesn't turn it over as much as Storrs turning it over right now. Uh, he's not scoring as much as Storrs, so you got the point on the scoring, and I, and I get that. But coach is looking for defense and rebounding and someone he can trust out there, and he knows we can get from Dylan. All right, he's he's his turnovers are way down from last year. All right, he he's not turning it over. He's he had one last night in twenty minutes. That's about what you expect from a, a college guard in twenty minutes of action. So I would love to see him get going offensively. I'd love to see Storr get minutes too. I don't think it's got to be this or that. Like I said, the starters these two minutes was something we really haven't seen under Coach Anderson getting this majority of minutes. Uh, you know, huge chunks. No one other than Wusu had double minutes off the bench last night. I will say Stanley, again, similar to the Temple game, huge second half stretch. He was two for two last night with two buckets. Um, and, you know, always hustling, always active, did miss a box out. But, you know, that that four-point stretch came at a point when we were down in the game, having to make a comeback, and, you know, it's it's not always easy. You send Soran to the bench, and you, you don't you don't exactly think scoring points will come easier. But he made big plays uh, against Temple. He was four for four in a similar situation. Really good to see a six-for-six six weekend from Stanley, and hopefully NY can get more comfortable, and the two of those guys will be there to provide solid uh, backup and maybe some supplemental minutes with Soriano as the season goes. But Soriano is a beast. He's a monster. You know, he's up there with the best bigs in the conference. Uh, there is quite a few of them, but you can't you, you can't ask for more as a St. John's fan for a center. We haven't seen this in a very long time. Um, negatives. We talked about the timeout usage. Obviously, there's some questions there. Um, coach likes to keep the tempo going. Doesn't want to stop the game for any reason. I think you got to find a happy medium. There's certain times, for example, the user loser use it. There's no reason not to. And the game situations, draw something up, settle this down. If there's one thing that we really have to improve on, it's our sloppiness. Okay, and generally through Coach Anderson, these first three years, we've done a good job taking care of the basketball, considering at the high pace we play. Hopefully, we improve throughout the year. Um, I think it's going to be. A little bit more of a roller coaster with Curbelo at point, but I'll take his positives over his negatives 100%. Uh, tonight we had 16 turnovers. We took some bad shots. You know, I mentioned the Jones shot. There were some other ones, but there's definitely things to clean up. And I think we've seen so far we've got the talent, okay? And we've seen so far we've got the ability to make plays in crunch time. Jones and Curbelo do not ski seem scared in the least to take important shots. And I'm not saying that Julian was scared to take shots. I don't think he was worried about taking shots, but he didn't show a propensity to make the big shots. This year, small sample size, but two close games where we easily could have folded. You know, throw Nebraska in there too. We easily could have folded early there and not pulled out victories. And four and two or five and one with the schedule we've got so far looks a lot less impressive than six and zero. Oh. You know, you can't be better than six and zero. Oh. So, uh, I'm not going to you know, complain about things. I think it's a great chance to learn from wins, much rather learn from wins than losses, and continue to build on an out of slate, but we cannot slip up these next two games. Niagara and forget who the game is at the Niagara before we play Iowa State, which will be our next legitimate power test or true road game at Iowa State, but we can't skip ahead to that. we got to take care of business these next two games. Um, that's about it, guys. I appreciate you tuning in. I'm sorry I'm getting this to you the next morning. Uh, cut me some slack, will you? I do have today off, so maybe I'll go ahead and rewatch it today. Um, but for Paris Horn, this has been Pat Kane. Thank you for tuning in for the Red Storm Rapid Reaction Podcast. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Tune in on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Peace.